Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Wicked Garden Podcast. Uh, tonight, we got something a little bit different for you on the show. We're going to have a roundtable discussion with some previous guests and uh, also with Maddie. Uh, so I'm your host, Mike. I'm your co-host, Maddie. And uh, we'll take care of some business here at the outset. If you guys have a haunting, a cryptid sighting, a UFO sighting, anything along those lines, a strange experience, we'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch with us uh, via phone and that hotline is 609-800-5130 and you can also reach out to us via email and the email is wickedgardenpodcast at gmail.com so tonight we're lucky enough to have uh kevin covington on uh with us maddie scott and witness g and here we go Okay, everybody, we're trying something new here on Wicked Garden Podcast. We're going to be doing some roundtables. And actually, this is the second one we did, but the first one you'll hear. (laughs) 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 Because I'm an idiot. Uh, So uh, today we have on the line with us from a undisclosed location, Witness G. Hey, Jay. How you doing? Good, man. What's going on, guys? And uh, also Kevin Covington. I'm in an undisclosed chair. (laughs) Yeah, because you uh, went a little bit hard at the gym, right? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we're trying this new thing. It's a round table. We're going to do it every couple months, maybe less if it keeps going like this. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, tonight on the show, uh, we all pick some different topics to discuss, and I guess we'll take turns discussing them. Uh, I'm going to go first. When we we uh, set up the meeting was about three weeks ago and we talked a little bit about what we were going to talk about. And G came up with uh, some good, good points. And, you know, one of them was uh, apparently the New York times published an article about there being an uptick in paranormal activity during the pandemic and during the lockdowns. Not only did New York times pick up on this, uh, but pretty much every newspaper across the country picked up on it and wrote some little bit of an article about it. Um, And Robbie Graham's um, blog, Haley is a ghost picked up on it and they wrote a little bit of an article on it, but I I looked into it a little bit more. So if if you look into this, you'll see articles from the daily mail, um, LA, LA times, New York times, CBC up in Canada, everywhere. And basically what it all comes down to is John Tenney. Uh, it looks like John Tenney is the one who originally told everybody about this. So Canada, CBC up in Canada did an interview with John Tenney. Here's a little bit of, of that article. The new normal is bringing out the paranormal, says John E.L. Tenney. Tenney, a paranormal researcher and former host of TV's Ghost Stalkers, says he used to receive two to five calls a month from people convinced their homes are haunted. But since the COVID-19 restrictions started, he says he gets five to 10 calls a week. The New York Times also noted, noticed the uptick. The newspaper interviewed Tenney this week for a feature about the many people around the U.S. who are stuck at home with what they believe are roommates from beyond the grave. Uh, there is no scientific evidence for the existence of ghosts. The newspaper notes, it's nice of them. Uh, Tenney spoke to, as it happens, Carl, off, but what's what got people so spooked? Here is part of the conversation. What kind of stories are you getting? So Tenny goes on to say he's getting everything from typical knocks, knocks and footsteps in the hallway to some very new strange occurrences like people hearing whispered voices through their television vision sets or getting text, text messages 
from long deceased friends and, and relatives. That's pretty wild. So Tenney goes on to describe all kinds of different things that are going on. And there were a couple articles in there. One couple um, in LA, uh, I guess they're both working from home now and they were, you know, like redoing their sink and they're working from home during the day. So they're spending 24 hours a day in their house and they were redoing a sink one night. And later on that night, the doorknob in their kitchen rattled. So there's, there's a little bit of that going on. So, you know, looking into this, it seems to have come from Tenny. You know, there could be a million different explanations for this. I kind of lean towards these people are stressed out. There's a pandemic. Um, you know, their their lives have been disrupted. Their sleep patterns are disrupted. Um, they're spending a lot more time in their homes. They're stressed out. They're upset. And I think maybe, you know, getting into that liminal state is either bringing out this paranormal activity or maybe they're just imagining it. That's kind of what the blog uh, Haley is a ghost kind of goes into, you know, because he's also Robbie Graham has also been getting a ton of reports along the same lines. Uh, but there, there could be a lot of different reasons for this. Um, you know, it could be an actual increase in paranormal activity or it could be people just imagining things. So Kev, I'll let you go first. Uh, what's your general thoughts on the whole thing? Well, I think a lot of it could be cabin fever or, you know, people just aren't used to spending that much time indoors and they're hearing noises that are normal and just aren't used to hearing. Right. But, uh, it, you know, it could be that these entities are just sick of them and want them to go back to work, too. I mean, who knows? I, I know personally from my standpoint, like I live in this haunted house that was built in the 1890s. And the back apartment, which was a either a, servants or slaves quarters depending on who you believe and I've had stuff go on in here since I moved in uh, especially when the tenants next door were there and raised hell all the time and after they got evicted it, it got quiet again I mean there were some things while I was quarantined out here like stuff being dropped at the floor of the empty side of the house over there there's one night the cat and I both heard a, a growl like an animal growl come out of my back room and I just said, yeah, no thanks. I'm just going to go back and watch TV. Now, this is when you were quarantined? Yeah, this is when I was in quarantine. Like, there's one night I've, I've got a door that's blocked off that separates my kitchen from the living area over there. Right. And it's kind of like somebody dropped a bundle of metal trim on the floor there or something. And um, now I've got a woman living over there again, and it's it's been relatively quiet. I've, I was waking up some some days, like some, I felt like something was in my room while I was trying to sleep two or three times. Okay, you know, things like that. But uh, I don't think it was any different than it had been for the previous several months when I wasn't quarantined either. I mean, it, sometimes it was even worse, like knocking on the walls and walking around in my attic and things like that. It, like I, I think it's a lot of it's like you said, it's probably some sort of cabin fever. People are just noticing things they haven't noticed before. Yeah, it could be that. It definitely could be. Or it could be, you know, just a convergence of all those things. How about you, Jay? What you, what's your general impressions on that? Yeah, I I would assume 
a lot of it's a, uh, you know, I agree with you and they're just in a stressed out, you know, liminal state and maybe they're uh, just imagining things or, you know, it could be uh, just the fact that since they're not at work and they have extra time, they have extra time to make those reports. I mean, you can only watch so much TV before you're bored and, right. you know, people that wouldn't make a report normally because they're, they're so busy now, they suddenly have the time to do so. Yeah, and, and also like, and you're jarred out of your regular routine, you know. Yeah, so, you, so have, it, right. it, it, you know you're you're inevitably going to get bored. So, uh, you know, you might have more time to do that. Right. Uh, as far as I, you know, yeah, making I don't think I don't think anybody wants to say this, but working from home isn't like working at the, at the job. You do <laughs> you do get a lot oh, more man, free time. You know. <laughs> you don't wear pants for one thing. Yeah, I, I don't know because I've had to go to work, so I've, uh, I haven't had to stay home yet. But, yeah, uh, I'm essential too, so I've actually physically been at work <laughs> too. But yeah, I mean, like I know, you know, the people who are working from home, maybe you know, you're not spending that time commuting. You're picking up a couple hours there. Um, you know, people are generally more productive at home anyway when they can work from home. I know my wife is. So, you know, you pick up yeah. a lot of it. Maybe your day isn't a solid eight hour day watching the clock. You know, you get maybe you're a solid five hours. You're picking up, let's say, another five hours to sit in your house and imagine, you know, not necessarily imagine this stuff, but maybe notice this stuff more. Yeah, exactly. And and that's what I'm saying. Maybe, maybe they're not, you know, I, I don't think we've been cooped up that long to where we're, you know, collectively hallucinating like mass hysteria. <laughs> but uh, I know pretty early on, there was a, a lot of UFO reports because I, I think people were going out as families and maybe sky watching. And that's right. When I, like the Starlink went up from a uh, Elon Musk and SpaceX and that was getting seen a lot. So UFO reports were going through the roof at the beginning of this uh, lockdown. That's interesting. Um, yeah. So, it, and also, you know, it coincided with, I, I think one, like a, one of the earlier meteor showers, I think towards the end of May. So that's pretty much when everything popped off as far as the, uh, COVID lockdown and everybody quarantining themselves. So I know reports went through the roof. Um, but on the other side of that, I mean, from, you know, the example you stated from the article, uh, we know that like, you know, a lot of people are going to be doing, you know, work housework, like fixing a sink, for example. Bingo. And, and we know that like historically, you know, messing with the house, uh, that's that usually generates some kind of activity. If if you if you have like a haunting, right? That it's it seems historically like in a lot of reports to just piss off ghosts. So you you, know, you got that going too. And then I'd assume, you know, when people are going to work or going out for their normal daily activities, if you know, you know if you do have a house that's haunted, I mean, whatever's haunting it's going to have that space to themselves. And if you know, now they got you in the house the whole time, like 24 seven, maybe he's pissing them off a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, a, you know? it's almost like a perfect storm, right? I mean, you got yeah. this extra time you're, you're aggravating the spirits in your house. You've got this extra time you picked up from working from home and your, 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 uh, stress levels are heightened and you're in more liminal state. So really yeah, it is almost exactly. like, a, like you said, it's a perfect yeah, storm. It's like a perfect <laughs> storm. And, you know, it's interesting that you brought up the, Uf the UFO sightings, right? Like, um, and that'll probably lead into the next few things that we're talking about. 
Um, but one thing I want to touch on there is I'm wondering if, you know, these, these things are seeing less activity if they are coming from another uh, dimension or another planet, they're seeing less activity. Maybe they're hearing a little, little bit less noise coming from the world and they're, they're stopping by to see if we're still okay. <laughs> you wonder, hey, that's, right? that's a good point, man. That's a good point. <laughs> Yeah, I, I didn't even realize the sightings went up a lot. I mean, in the in the show that we did record, um, that did, didn't actually record, uh, Kev did a really good job of talking about Mage, and I, I saw that one, but I didn't realize that there were so many other sightings. Yeah, I was tracking, a lot of that was just, a, like I said, that Starlink uh, satellite array. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if you've seen, like, the, uh, some of the footage of it, but, it, you know, initially it was kind of strange looking like I can see how it would freak a lot of people out, especially like COVID hits. You're, you're locked down. It's the first week and you know, there's a meteor shower. So you got the fan out on the, you know, on the porch or the stoop or something looking up in the, at the sky and, you know, and then they spot the satellite array that generated a whole lot of uh, UFO reports. Right. Yeah. So that kind of brings us on to the next subject. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about infrasound. That's also mine. Uh, so I did a little bit of research on it, and, um, you know, they define infrasound as anything under 20 hertz. But technically, um, that's not really true because our ears can hear all the way down to like one and a half hertz. But anything under 20 hertz, um, you know, is, is classified as infrasound. So a lot of different things go on with infrasound. Um, a lot of bad side effects, actually. Uh, got a little bit of an article here from Inside Sources uh, about the actual f- effects of what they call silent sound. Um, and here we are. Silent sound kills. It can be seen or heard, can take place indoors or outdoors. It's not biological, environmental, or radiation, but it can make you sick or kill. <laughs> the cause is low-frequency wow. sound, which seems ridiculous. How can sound bring on sickness or even death? Your body reacts to sound. A train or a plane passing by you, uh, by you being too close to speakers can cause your body to shudder. At the right frequency, one might not even realize it's happening. It could have been the cause of a sickness to our people in Cuba. And there they're talking about the Cuban embassy. Uh, infrasound was used to attack some diplomats there. Consider yeah, an analogy sure. of light from the sun. You can see past the ultraviolet part of the spectrum, yet it can burn skin produce skin cancers and x-rays and gamma rays and can kill. So uh, pretty serious side effects to this kind of stuff. Right. And um, interestingly enough, you know, for our discussion, our paranormal discussion, you know, how, how does infrasound kick in? So there's a lot of animals that you use infrasound. We know that elephants use it. And this was pretty cool. I read this. I, I blew my mind. Elephants can hear, because storms give off infrasound, right? So thunderstorms and all that kind of stuff that gives off infrasound. And what it does is basically travel over a long distance. So elephants can hear this. And they can hear it under up to 100 kilometers away. So a herd of elephants, yeah, right? So a herd of elephants will hear a thunderstorm from 100 kilometers away. And they can use the sound and the direction it's coming from to head over to where the thunderstorm's going to be so they can catch some water. 
So they're Thank actually, you. yeah, so they're actually capable of hearing this stuff that we can't hear. And that's how they use it. And we know that tigers use it uh, to actually, like, freeze their prey. Um, they can use infrastown and actually stop, uh, you know, a, a piece of prey in its tracks. So that's pretty cool. So, you know, animals have used it over the years. We know that whales use it. Uh, we know that dolphins use it. All kinds of different reasons, you know, why they use it. We know that storms give off that effect. Weather fronts give off that effect. So how's it tie back into the paranormal, right? That's what we're worried about here. So uh, infrasound is actually linked to spooky effects. So this is pretty interesting. Infrasound linked to spooky effects. Manchester, England, September 8th, 2019. Mysteriously snuffed out candles, weird sensations, and shivers down the spine might not be due to the presence of ghosts in haunted houses, but the very low-frequency sound that is inaudible to humans. So think about that for a minute. When the candles are going out, <laughs> it's from it's from infrasound. That's interesting, right? British yeah, scientists, wild. yeah, British scientists have shown in a controlled experiment that the extreme space sound, known as infrasound, produces a range of bizarre effects in people, including anxiety, extreme sorrow, and chills. Supporting popular suggestions of a link between infrasound and strange sensations. Uh, normally, you can hear it. Richard Lord, an acoustic scientist at the National F uh, Physical Laboratory in England who worked on a project, said Monday, uh, Lord and his colleagues who produced infrasound with a 23-foot, 7-meter pipe and tested its impact on 750 people at a concert said infrasound is also generated by natural phenomena. Some scientists have suggested that this level of sound may be present in some allegedly haunted sites. So what they're saying here is that some sites that are just wildly haunted may have just a presence of infrasound. So yeah. that, that's pretty interesting. Um, reactions to infrasound. Lord and Wiseman played four contemporary pieces of live music, including some laced with infrasound at a London concert hall, and asked the audience to describe their reactions to the music. The audience did not know which pieces uh, included infrasound, but 22% reported more unusual experiences when it was present in the music. Their, un their unusual experiences including feeling uneasy, sorrowful, getting chills down the spine, or no nervous feelings of revulsion or fear. These results uh, suggest that low-frequency sound can cause people to have unusual experiences, even though they cannot consciously detect infrasound, said Wiseman, who presented his findings to the British Association of Science Conference. So, it can actually even be tied back into haunted houses and haunted sites. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you said just to verify that was the uh, infrasound is anything under uh, twenty hertz. Yeah, that's how they qualify. But we can hear all the way down to one point five. Yeah, because I know. Uh, well, I guess Maddie's coming in later. Yeah, I, yeah, but, and uh, I didn't want to steal her thunder, <laughs> and I didn't want to yeah, steal okay. Kev's thunder <laughs> either. So I didn't mention, you know, what infra the, the ultrasonic weapons or anything along those lines. But yeah. I know, oh, yeah. where, I know you're where you were going with that. So the theme is just sound in the paranormal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to present how it tied back into the paranormal. You were going to say, Kev? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, infrasound, they've, they've speculated on it being uh, some of these high strangeness cases and like Bigfoot encounters that maybe they use infrasound for this feeling of dread, sort of like when tigers freeze their prey, you know. And uh, a, a few years back, I'd read a study where they found that 
injured cats can oscillate their purr to basically increase bone growth and healing as well. Wow. And so it stands to reason if, you know, there's a natural form of this and used for like healing, like in, in broken bones and felines or something, then maybe naturally occurring infrasound could also have detrimental effects on the human body or skeletal structure. And, and there's, even if there's a single source of infrasound, there's, there's a study I'll get into a little later when we talk about the sonic weaponry, where they speculate that a lot of these, these ill effects might be caused by uh, intermodulation distortion, where you have two different sources of sound that may not be you know, able to be heard by the human ear, but the way they interact with each other can cause these effects. It's either amplified or it increases the third signal. It's like it's the base of the one that they combine to have different ill effects on people or possibly disorient people or have effects on the human body. And uh, it could be that there's devices placed too near each other and the signals are interacting in an odd way or they're combining to create a sound that's like a, an auditory illusion inside the inner ear or they can even make them interact with like electronic microphones and speakers but they're not able to be heard by the human ear there's there's all kinds of weirdness involved with it and um, that actually plays into what might have happened honestly all right so the final link with infrasound back to the paranormal would be um you know we hear it a lot in bigfoot cases right like you'll hear people talking about how they're just convinced that bigfoot has this infrasound capability so uh got just a few little you know researcher uh, experiences here to read this is one veteran researcher and group founder stacy black they're in the ozarks um down in oklahoma um uh, She's talking about being in an area recognized for Bigfoot activity recently. And she said, I got a feeling of confusion and disorientation. I felt very sick and my heart was about to jump out of my chest. I, I realized that I had to get out of there and made my way back to the truck. This lasted a few days. So she's actually saying that the effect from the infrasound lasted over a few days. I don't see any other thing in the science that would suggest it would last outside of, you know, when you're hearing it. So that's, that's a little bit suspect, right? Um, let's see what else here we got. Here's another person from a Randy Savig is a Southwest Missouri McDonald County researcher. I love researcher too, right? Cause you don't really know what that means. Are they researcher from the couch or are they out in the field? Right. <laughs> right. So here we go. His informative comment on the infrasound question read, I have not had it, happened to me but i know folks that have had it happen ultrasound is a fairly new idea when it comes to primates gorillas emit infrasound but it is unclear if they even know they are doing it or if it is an automatic thing during stress aggravation etc i suspect the same for bigfoot without knowing what ranges of hearing they have there isn't really a way to know if they are aware of it as far as audio goes it takes special microphones to be able to record it and special software to see it as we can hear it. But keep in mind, there are some other possible things that can happen when we were out there that could trigger a response like that. So, so basically you got a bunch of Bigfoot researchers claiming that, you know, Bigfoot uses infrasound to communicate with other Bigfoot over long uh, distances, which 
that idea has some some valid some validity to it. Um, you know, that could explain a lot of stuff. You know, if Bigfoot is actually a real animal, which I am starting to doubt, uh, but if it is, you know, that could explain a lot of, you know, how they are able to clear out of an area before humans get into it. I've always thought that if it was a real animal, it just runs faster than everybody else. You know, if it's up running 35, 40 miles an hour, you're not going to see it if it doesn't want, you know, doesn't want to be seen. But that's interesting to think that they could be using infrasound in that way. Um, now, as as to attacking other animals, you know, I don't know. Um, seeing as we don't have one in front of us, <laughs> and we don't have one, uh, yeah, you know, it's 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 all conjecture, I I think really, but it it does seem to make some theoretical sense. Oh yeah, that's pretty interesting though that the uh, gorillas emit like in and, it for sound. And you know what's weird? In my animal article, I don't see that anywhere. You would think they would. You know what I mean? You would think if that was the case, it would actually be written up in that animal article. So I'm going to Google it real quick. Why Kev gets us gives us his uh, impression of infrasound with Bigfoot. What do you think, Kev? Well, I think like something we're talking about with some of this uh, subharmonics and, and like this intermodulation distortion. If he can do that with ultrasound, I don't see why he couldn't have a similar effect with infrasound. I mean, what if? What if some of these effects can even be multiplied by, by different creatures using different frequencies of ultrasound at the same time to intensify the effect or even cause, you know, other effects? Right. What if they can choreograph their, their infrasound calls or, and you see, you see similar things with, uh, like EMF saturation or like and stuff when they did the God helmet experiments and, you know, if you're living in a house and your bed's right next to a damn electrical panel and you you have similar sensations, then you know maybe this is just the sonic equivalent of that. That's a very good point. Yeah, I can find nothing on gorillas specifically using infrasound. <laughs> so, once again, we might have a case of the Bigfoot community just making something up. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at something right in here. It's from a, a Bigfoot research group, uh, the Northern Kentucky Bigfoot Research Group. Right. And it's talking about uh, just, you know, infrasound and animals. And it, so that's it talks the, about, would that be the Cincinnati Bigfoot Research Organization? <laughs> is that what that is? They don't want to pay the Ohio, uh, Ohio tax. Yeah, there. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. Yeah, but it's. It's pretty lengthy. I'm not really, I can't really, yeah, it's, to, but they also talk about whales, elephants, hippos, and rhinos. Right, right. I, I'm i not finding it either. Um, yeah. I mean, speaking of whales, I mean, there has been some research done yeah. on low frequency, high intensity waves. It, it's kind of like sound in the atmosphere doesn't travel well, but mechanically transfer can cause injury pretty easily. Right. But they've done studies on animals and divers in the water with high frequency, uh, you know, basically low, low sound that uh, through cavitation causes all kinds of biological problems and health issues. Yeah. So, I mean, we know that from what I presented, right? We know there's some real effects to this stuff. I just can't find anything about gorillas using infrasound. So I think on that one, uh, no, th- here we go. Here we go. Gorillas are also known, and this is actually from uh, Wikipedia, so it's got to be true, right? 
<sighs> Gorillas are also known to produce infrasound as well, so it is not that far of a stretch to science to attribute the effect. Yeah, I mean, they're tie- and then they specifically tie it into Sasquatch afterwards on Wikipedia. <laughs> so who knows, right? I, I can't find a science-based article, like a, a pure science-based article on it. Elephants are, are mentioned, dolphins are mentioned, whales are mentioned, you know, gorillas not so much. <laughs> yeah, the article I'm looking at doesn't specifically cite anything. It just constantly, it's, it said it in about four different areas. There's a lot of research on infrasound. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not citing anything, so no. I don't know how much of a stock I can put into that. Yeah, but, yeah. But, yeah. I, I mean, it... it I'm not saying that, you know, a gorilla doesn't emit, you know, infrasound, but I, I don't know specifically why or how it was measured that, that that's even happening with them. Right. It would be cool if it tied back into Bigfoot, and that's how they're, you know, managing to avoid us and all that good stuff. It's something yeah, interesting I, to I think mean, about. If we have a roundtable on Bigfoot, I think we should definitely uh, circle back to that, and maybe we can find some <laughs> more solid research, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, um, who wanted to present next? You know the whole the whole sonic weaponry thing. That the biggest thing about that in recent years has been the whole Cuba thing. You know where they all claimed that they thought they were assaulted and uh, incurred physical damage from possible sonic weapons. But uh, it's everything I've read on it recently. I, I wonder if that's even true because. There have been various explanations put forward for it. I mean, it's probably the most popular thing to do with sonic weaponry in recent years. And that everything's been proposed from possible microwave saturation to, I think I, I, they even posted some sounds, some chirping sounds that they claim to have heard, you know, during this time period. I think some of those turned out to be crickets. And, uh, there was a, an explanation this nothing fit all the symptoms as far as sonic exposure. The, the brain lesions, the various symptoms they reported. But it all, it's explained away fairly easily by a combination of toxins and, and exposure to low frequency sound. And there's, there's even an explanation that was put forward that, that it could have possibly been from this mosquito gas and inadequate ventilation in the buildings and that uh, pesticide toxicity and exposure could explain the brain lesion some of them. So. Okay. That's interesting. Well, let me ask you a quick question. Is In the research that you did on the sonic weapons, do they specifically reference that the sonic weapons use infrasound? The, the Chinese hand cannon that they supposedly have developed, uh, they suspect uses low frequency like infrasound. Okay. And it's capable of uh, causing vibrations in like the eyeballs and the bodily organs and making people uncomfortable. And, yeah, that sounds like it. Yeah, it sounds like infrasound. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it's like, a, yeah, it's like I said, I can see well, we know what it does went through a mechanical or medium or through water. So it relays through the air. You, you get similar symptoms to a lesser degree, sounds like. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. The nausea, disorientation, confusion, feeling it. A lot of people report that. 
and um, supposedly the Chinese have developed this this weapon with no moving parts, based on like a it looks like a rifle, but it's got like an amplification tunnel. And right. It uses low frequency sound to for crowd dispersal to make people uncomfortable and set up like vibrations in their body. And uh, other people who've been exposed to to low frequency sound through like the LRAD systems say it felt like their brain was going to vibrate and turn into jelly and, and things like that. And that's what makes me wonder at the same time about some of the Bigfoot stuff. Um, if it is infrasound, shouldn't you be feeling like a vibration in your body? I mean, that seems to be the biggest noticeable yeah. effect of infrasound on the human body. You can't yeah. hear it, but you can still feel it. That's what, that's what the, the research earlier said. Yes, correct. So is it mostly the Chinese using this thing, using these, these type of weapons? Is that what it is right now, just CCP? Well, they've got a handheld version of it, but um, America in 25, well, 25 countries, including America, have been using the LRAD system for years now, which is a long-range acoustic device. Right. And um, they've got, I think they've got a 360 version of it that they can use for emergency alerts and things like that. But the one that the military and the police use mainly um, has a degree of efficacy of like 30 to 60 degrees. And it operates up to like 149 decibels. Wow. And they can focus it to project messages or commands over long distances or make emergency announcements. But primarily it's been used by the police and military to disperse protesters and such. Okay. It, most you, commonly they use like a high pitch squeaking or, or high pitch squeak sound that is uncomfortable to people and yeah, they just don't really like it. It sounds like they're using a mix of both, right? They're using a little bit of infrasound and are you, they're definitely using um, stuff that can be heard with the, you know, above 20 hertz. Yeah, and they've, they've used it on like ships on the ocean to, to, to deter pirates and but primarily it's been used for protests and things like that to disperse protesters or make them uncomfortable enough to leave and you know there is even some some legislation supposedly pending to, to keep them from using it against protesters because they say not enough studies have been done on the possible permanent or long-term effects of using it on people right you know like hearing loss and, and things like that but uh, they did do some studies. I was I was reading up on it about the effects of sound on you know for, as far as biological damage, and um, they found in, in studies with mice that between 700 kilohertz and 3.6 megahertz, starting at around 184 decibels, it causes tissue damage in mice. Yeah, that's a, so, that's the same thing. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's the same thing basically that my inside sources article was talking about at the bottom that that pretty much, you know, agrees with what you're talking about now. Uh, a lot of tissue damage. That's crazy, man. Just basically from sound waves. You know what, what makes me wonder is going back to the Cuba thing. There was a, a paper and IEEE spectrum did an article on it. And uh, there was a bunch of researchers. There was a Kevin Fu, who was a computer scientist from the University of Michigan, right. and a couple of his colleagues, Wen Yuan Zhu, who's a professor in China at one of their universities, one of her PhD students, uh, Chen Yan. They, they tried to take the evidence from Cuba and come up 
with a possible explanation for it. That's when they started working, you know, looking at subharmonics and these intermodulation distortions. And they found that, you know, if you have a couple of ultrasonic devices in proximity to each other, they can set up this kind of intermodulation distortion. And it, it could have some of the effects that they describe. And it might not have even been intentional. You know, it could have just been, it just, they just happened to be in proximity to each other. Right. Um, or they could have been spy devices. And they, they basically tested this by trying to set up something similar. And they used as, uh, instead of voices, they used <laughs> Rick Astley's song of all things they, they intentionally rick rolled their own experiment <laughs> and they, they they set up this this modulation distortion this inaudible transfer that they picked up they ran back through through the modulator and recovered the song so there is some speculation that maybe these these people in cuba a lot of whom were intelligence agents were basically being spied on using ultrasonic devices, and there may have been multiple sources, and that they just conflicted with each other and caused ill effects in the people they were spying on. Wow. Yeah, pretty uh, terrifying shit, man. Well, they've proven that they can basically trick voice recognition software and electronic devices using ultrasonics, too, because the, uh, the electronics react differently than human ears, and they can pick a lot of this stuff up. So they can send inaudible signals to the human ear to activate these these voice command softwares. Right. Wow. That's scary, too. Yeah. Well, it just makes me wonder, you know, with all the technology we've got now and, and just being saturated with sound and EMF like 24-7, have you ever heard of anybody doing like an actual large-scale urban study of the effects of infrasound and or ultrasonic sound in an urban environment or how those sounds interact with each other given day-to-day activities or weather or new construction. I mean, I don't think anybody's ever done such a thing. If, it, if they have, I haven't read about it. I mean, if you're living in an urban environment, you could be bathed in harmful sonic exactly. signals and, exactly. and EMS all day long and not even know it. Yeah, it, it was interesting when I was doing a research um, on the infrasound. One of the articles, too, was how much it's decreased during the lockdowns and the lack of human activity. So I think if you if they were ever going to do those type of studies, it would be a great time to do them now because you would have that comparison, you know. Um, but well, the, you look at, uh, what was it, the Golden Gate Bridge that they put the new slats on and was causing the weird sound right. everybody yep. was hearing? Yeah, the Golden so Gate. So it's yeah. not even a consideration they take into effect when they build construction or add the existing construction. I don't I don't think they actually do any kind of study like that before they build stuff. So. No, I don't think they do either. Yeah. Oh, that's great stuff, man. I appreciate it. And actually, before we completely get off sound guys and move on to G stuff. Um, wanted to talk a little bit about, I got a couple nice EVPs this weekend. Um, and one of them's, one of them's pretty cool. Um, and I think you guys should both be able to hear it when I play it. One of them's, uh, just a child, a child's voice, right? So I'm going to pull that up and I'm going to play it for you guys so you can, so you can hear it. Where, where we went was we went to, gee, you might know where this is. We went to Moorestown. Uh, New yeah. Jersey. Yeah, pretty pretty affluent area. Um, 
every house, we went to this place called McElwee Road. So it's M-C-E-L-W-E-E Road. And uh, I went along with the Capers people. They're Cape Atlantic Paranormal Research Society. So we went out. Um, Tracy was headed to Ohio to visit her, her parents. So I figured I'd hang out with Mike and Joan. And uh, we went out there. And the legend is a little bit like you look for it online and it changes three different times, right? Like first it's about a drowning child. Then it's about a woman who lost her child. And, you know, Mike even told a different story when we got there. He said it was a farmer whose farm was burned down and his children were killed, you know, so it's hard to nail down a legend. Um, but when Cape Atlantic paranormal research society had went there before and, visited and investigated it's only a little bit of a four block long road and they went with another group and they kind of wanted to get away from the group because um you know they just they weren't meshing real well with them so they walk, they walked down the block and as they were walking down the block mike had somebody grab his shoulder from behind and he had told me he said mike i figured it was a human he said i was absolutely convinced 100 percent that it was a human um, it turned around, nothing was there. And they had another experience where they took a picture near a tree and Mike saw a person dressed in, you know, 1800s garb with a tall hat and took, was able to snap off a picture because he had the pic- camera with him. And all he got in the picture was an orb. So that's what they got the last time they were there. So we went back um, and I actually rolled pretty much the whole entire time. Um, on both recorders. So I'll play this first one too. for you. Let me get to it. It's at 17 minutes. So what you'll hear is you'll hear me ask um, a question and you'll hear a response. It's a child. I got to I got to see if I can nail it down here. It might take me a couple tries, but let's go f- from it right here. Here we go. Fireworks in the distance. What waits for us on the other side? Did you pick it up there? Were you guys able to hear it? Yeah, I don't know if Kevin did. I I didn't get anything. (laughs) All right. That's about as loud as I can play it. Yeah, I heard heard it very quietly. Yeah, it's a a little child's voice. Yeah, it's it's kind of Is this the one you sent us in the text message? Yeah, yeah. Did you guys get a chance to hear that? I can sort of hear a whine. Yeah, I could. I I didn't hear it just now, but I I played it several times. Yeah, I definitely heard it like a whine. You can hear it in the clip. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like a little boy or something. Yeah, it's and it actually does sound like a boy, which is weird. It doesn't sound like a little girl. So I asked the question. I'll play it one more time. I asked the question and then I get a little bit of a response. I'll play one more time. Fireworks in the distance. What waits for us on the other side? Yeah, there it is. It's really hard to hear, but it does. It sounds like a little boy kind of talking to me, which I didn't hear when I was there and everybody was at least 150 yards away from me when I recorded that. So that was the other, that was the other day. Uh, got that thing and, and got it recorded. And then today 
I was listening to the red recorder. And what I did with the red recorder when we went is I placed it next to the tree where Mike had his experience seeing the, the, the man. And this is one of the weirdest things I've ever recorded. Um, it, I'm talking to Mike. I'm actually over talking with him. This is the beginning of the investigation. They're still setting up the camera. Uh, so I'm literally standing with him about 20 yards away and you'll hear this voice come in and it literally sounds like my voice. I, but it's not me. So let me get this to where it needs to go, which is right at seven minutes. And I'll let you guys hear the, a little bit of ambient noise first. So it's not so hard to hear, but like I said, guys, I'm standing about 25 yards away. And I don't know if this thing is imitating me, <laughs> what it's doing. Um, it's kind of odd. So here we go. I'm gonna play it now. It. I don't know if you guys can hear it. It's tough to hear, but I'm. I'll send it to you again on the phone too. And I know the. People can hear it because I'm I'm pumping it into the roadcaster. But it's it's my voice. But it's okay. saying yeah, and it's saying something about let me do it, let me do it here. It something it's it's almost like in a sing songy voice, which, you know, isn't really my uh personality. But let me play it again. Yeah, but it- <laughs> let me let me play this one more time. We're getting it in, in the area. We're getting it. It's it's just bizarre. I'm gonna play it one more time. There it is. I don't know if you can you hear it, Kevin. Man, because anytime I've ever used a ghost box app or anything similar to that, all I uh-huh. get is things mocking me and talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, interestingly, you mentioned earlier that people had said they're starting to hear, like, whispered voices through their TVs and their electronics and things. Right. And, you know, a lot of these EVPs you talk about, some people might hear it, others don't. You may not hear it at all, and then it shows up on your phone or your recorder. And uh, that article I was talking about earlier um, that Fu and his companions did about the the intermodulation distortion in Cuba and everything, he talks about where they explored the physics of IMD. He wrote a dolphin attack paper, and he said they had used ultrasonic signals to trick a smartphone's voice recognition system. And because of nonlinearity in the smartphone's microphone, the ultrasound produced by products at audible frequencies inside the circuitry of the microphone. Thus, the IMD signal remains inaudible to humans, but the smartphone hears voices. Now, what what if these entities are using a similar principle to speak directly into the circuitry of the electronics, and that's why you don't hear it with the human ear, but it actually shows up on the recording? So, to recap for Jay, what you just said, you know, you you had said basically that it could be possible that these entities could be using a similar route to use the circuitry in these devices to talk to us rather than doing it out loud. They're actually using the circuitry. 
to to communicate with us. It's a great idea. Great idea. Yeah, I mean, this is a Tascam DR05. Um, this is a really good recorder. It's a music recorder. Uh, mostly that's what they're used for, like, you know, little jam sessions. Somebody will put this up and, you know, you can hear your band record a jam session. So it it's it's pretty much top of the line um, when it comes to, you know, mobile music recorders. But you're right. When you hear that sound, it almost sounds like it's not going through them. I don't know. It's hard to explain. It sounds like it's not going through the microphones. Well, it's almost like a direct recording. Um, even if you're using an old school tape recorder, you know, it still has an electronic microphone in it. So if they're basically using some sort of modulation or ultrasound to, to directly influence the electronics in the device. It may still be audible on an old school tape recorder, and you still couldn't hear. That's amazing. Yeah, you were going to say, Jay? Oh yeah, I just I think it's super interesting. I mean, I know since we're on the subject of sound and all, uh, with the with the infrasound, there's almost like an opposite effect that happens like that too, where that that really low pass, low hertz noise uh-huh. that you can hear audibly won't be picked up by recorders because it's too low of a pass to, to be picked up by certain microphones, by the more common microphones anyway. Right. <clears throat> but, uh, I, I think I mentioned to you, I don't know if it was on, uh, the pod, the episode I did with you, but I, I've always been curious about dogs. And if you have like a dog yeah. out there at a, at a haunting, it, 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 in an area that where you're doing an investigation, if, if you could sync a recorder to like a, a video recorder and a sound recorder and timestamp them both and see if dogs react to when you're picking up those EVPs. Exactly. Like that, that's always been an interesting, like, I think that would be a cool study. Well, you know what know. I, you know what you could do? Um, you could have somebody hold, you could have a third party hold the digital recorder and just anytime they see the dog, you know, like, like my Jack Russell's would tilt their head. They hear anything. They don't know what's going on, whether it's fireworks or whatever. They tilt their head a little bit, try to get a little bit of a, and it would be interesting to have somebody stand there. And as we're doing an EVP session, just have them, you know, document when they're tilting their head as far as, you know. Yeah. And then go back and look at the timestamp and see if, you know, you pick up anything at that time on the recording. Right. Like that, that's like, I feel like that would be fascinating for, you know, yeah. an investigation anyway. Are you guys into, recu- are you into reviewing audio? Either one of you? Oh yeah, totally. I've got a little bit of it. Um, okay. I've got a couple of audio recorders and but honestly, I've quit using them because a few times I've caught things, like I said, it's just basically hateful. So <laughs> He said, every time he catches something, it's basically hateful. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what I'll do is I'll send you the whole file, G. All right, you can you can listen yeah, you to can it do yourself. That. I'll send I'll send you both of them. I'll send you the one with the, from the white recorder, with the little boy's voice, and then I'll send you this one from the the, the red recorder one that I listened to last night. That was the first weird thing I heard, and there's three or four weird things in there. But it was late at night, and I didn't have anything to chart chart them down with, and I was just you know I usually listen to this stuff at least three or four times, and then you know write them all down at the end kind of filter through, see what I can throw out as just ambient noise, you know, and then, and then screw down on the ones that I think are, you know, odd and paranormal and then write them down. So, 
But I'll yeah, send definitely them a, send them over because yeah. I, I have a lot of uh, software I can use. To well, I think what I can do is I can put them on a sharing site for you and give you access to the sharing site because these are huge files. Oh uh, yeah, it's not a problem, man. Because I, I can, uh, okay. I can clean them up. I can uh, basically make them sound a little bit louder. Awesome. Yeah. So that'll be that'll be fun to mess with. Awesome. So, who's up next? You, G. Uh, yeah, but real quick, just out of curiosity, you said that yeah. was in Morristown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, where at specifically again? It's and like, called. Was there anything associated with that area? Well, what it was was there's about three different stories when you go to the. Everybody says McElwee Road is haunted, right? So it's at McElwee Road. It's M C E L W E E. Now, when you go online and you research it, there's three or four different stories and they're all in chat rooms and it's, oh, I heard this woman lost her child. And then another one's, well, I heard this learning disabled child drowned in a pond, you know, and then when I got there and I asked Capers what the story was, they even gave me a different story. Matter of fact, you know what? Real quick, let me play that. I'll play the story. Um, I'll roll too. Where do you want to go? All right. So what is the legend? How did it start? Because <clears throat> I couldn't, I couldn't find it anywhere online. There's, work, work off memory here. It was a farmhouse with a farm, mother, two kids. The farmer was away for a few days on business. He came back, and the house was burnt down. The family was dead inside. He went nuts, came out, hung himself in a tree. Holy shit. So the family's dead and burned up. He's hanging from a tree when the somebody comes by and finally finds him hanging there dead. Right. So there you go. That's one of the whispered down the lane stories. <laughs> there were at least three or four on the internet about it. Um, but for whatever reason, it seems like people pull a lot of evidence from there. You know? No kidding. And yeah, you know what? Well, that I mean, happens. When, so when you have spots like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, that, no you're right. I mean, it happens. You know, you, you, you have spots where you have these stories that kind of, you know, you, you'll get five or six different stories. But who knows? You could just be pulling something completely different. Yeah, and I actually just pulled it up on a map. And I got a cousin that lives in uh, Mount Laurel. And it's not too far from there. No, it's, but, it's uh, a great. Dude, there is not a house on that road that's not worth $3 million. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like it, it's a richy, rich, ritzy neighborhood that is only four blocks long. It's like a banker's row. It's, it was amazing, but yeah, no that's kidding. that's the story. But yeah, I just pulled it up on a map, and it it goes out to a place called Creek Road, which yeah. is down by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and there's supposedly like a two hundred year old haunted house there. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's Morristown has know. three or four pretty good stories. Yeah. Yeah. If you ever make your way back to Jersey, we gotta we gotta take a ride out there, you and I. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that was my adventures um over the weekend. And I got a couple other things coming up on uh this weekend we're going up the Shades of Death Road up in North nice, Jersey. Nice. Yeah, we're gonna do Ghost Lake and um Shades of Death Road and there's also a cave there, an old Indian cave. So we're gonna do that. And then on July 25th, we're heading out to uh, Carranza. But we're going to do the Carranza Memorial. And, you know, you were just talking about you think maybe stuff, you know, is misplaced, right? Like you go out and you hear about the Emilio Carranza crashing. 
But when we're at the Carranza Memorial, we don't ever get anything that indicates that it's Emilio Carranza. You know, we don't get any EVPs that sound like uh, a male. We don't get any responses to the questions we ask about Emilio Carranza, but we get responses and we get weird lights. But what's going to be interesting about this trip is we're also, um, when I was talking to the local Bigfoot research organization guy, who's a guy by the name of Eric Spinner, he works for the BFR, BFRO here in Jersey. He told me that about a half a mile away is an area that he calls the vortex. And I said, oh, that's interesting. Why do you call it the vortex? And he said, well, we've gotten some uh, print castings there, some Bigfoot print castings. He said, but no yeah. And he said, but what's really weird is when we go in there, we get other type of responses. So more ghostly type stuff. So that's where we're going on July 25th. And Kev, I think you listen to Strange Familiars, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, there's a couple guys that um, were in uh, a Bigfoot group here in Jersey that that defected and went to a place called Central uh, Central Pennsylvania Investigators, CPI. It's a good group. And they do basically stuff in and around like where Tim does his stuff. Uh, so on August the 9th or 8th and 9th, we're going to go out to Pandemonium and actually camp out out, out of Pandemonium. Wow. I, I think you've be... heard the stories about Pandemonium. Yeah, it should be fun, man. Yeah. Is, yeah. And that's at the end of this month? Yeah, it's all like in the next month. We got a lot of stuff going on. So that's that's nice. Nice. Yeah, I love field work, man. I You know, I like doing a podcast, but I really love field work. Yeah, going uh, yeah, back to the like, what got you? I'm sorry, is Kevin talking? Yeah, I feel like I'm talking over him. Yeah, he was just getting. Re- <laughs> Kev, go ahead. Now going back to the whole EVP thing, I just yeah. I'd be interested to see if somebody could build like a scanner that monitors the inaudible frequency ranges, and then in real time converts them into the audible range of the human voice, and you'd either get noise and static, or you'd get actual voices that were broadcasting on the inaudible range that you could hear in real time. You would think. Yeah. yeah that's an interesting theory. You ought to get started on that in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if I'd finished my electronics engineering degree. On that. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, it, it's, it's, it's a very good point. I definitely would like to try G's idea with the dogs. Um, I think I can take my, 12 year old out there and i think he'd be okay um i might even take him to shades at that throat i don't think i'd take him to carranza because of coyotes um i don't want him to be coyote food because he would you know literally run after him and i never see him again but i might take him to uh shades at death road just to see if we get any responses out of him well it would be interesting to see that if you had a device like uh-huh. that it it produced results at the same time that the animals reacted yeah yeah because this way you would know if your theory about them communicating through the actual circuitry is true or not. Yep. Or at least, you know, lend itself towards that. And what were you going to say, Jay? Corroborating evidence anyway. I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, yeah. I was just going to ask, uh, what made you think about uh, Shades of Death Road? Because that's like quite a ways. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at a three-hour trip up and a three-hour trip back. Um, I tried to postpone it, but there are a couple people in the group that really want to go up and do it. Um, and it lately it's been pulling some interesting reports. 
So it, it seemed to be active for a while and then seemed to, you know, kind of slack off for a few years. And now it seems active again. So we thought yeah, it was, was a good time to say to that. Up. Uh, yeah. it, it's just something that I've been following. I didn't know about it till you know, till I read about it in uh, weird New Jersey, but right. like most of those places I want to go see them myself, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I got up there and I, it, it was, I didn't have anything crazy happen, but. Did you, uh, where, did, so where did you go? Um, I basically. Did you do the road or did you do ghost lake? Place. I went to the bridge. I went, there's oh, two bridges okay. and, uh, it's the second bridge. Oh, you know I what, guess. dude? You're actually thinking of Clinton road. Oh, I am thinking of Clinton road. Yeah. Yeah. You're thinking of Clinton road. Yeah. Now, yeah, yeah. About that. now people have brought up Clinton Road and actually my best friend from grade school wants to go up and do Clinton Road and I just think it's a waste of time. Um it seems to be a lot more legend than anything. Uh it doesn't really seem to be any credible reports, but what Shades of Death Road is um it's a road that I guess people got the yellow fever along there, so they called it Shades of Death Road. There's a lake called Ghost Lake. Uh, it's a place where you can pull over. Uh, people do some fishing in there. There's supposed to be an Indian cemetery buried at the bottom. Uh, they see mist coming off the lake, so they call it Ghost Lake. And then there is a cave at the back of the lake. Um, that's an old. Uh, it's got some old Indian uh, carvings in it and stuff like that. So... Uh, I oh, think, no yeah, yeah that sounds awesome. I think Haunted Highway, I think Jack um, did an episode on it in Haunted Highway and got a lot of results. So we, we figured we're going to go up there and do that. So that's what we got going What's on. That field fairy cave, the, the fairy cave or whatever yes, it is. Exactly. Exactly. Kev. Exactly. There's a, there's a fairy cave up there. And it's got a big fairy coming towards it this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, well, you, you can never go wrong with places named after Faye, man. That's true. Yeah, you're right. Every time you see something named after the Faye, it's definitely worth it. And Devil, too, right? You always get those uh, yeah. Devil's Point or this or that. Diablo and anything like oh, yeah, that. Definitely. Yep. Yeah. So that's the field work we got going on. Yeah, man. I can't wait for you to get back here, dude. Gee. Yeah. I mean, cause there's so <laughs> many places, especially like in North Jersey, that I, I still haven't been to. Like, yeah. I feel like I've been most places in south jersey but uh in north jersey man it's just a lot of exploring i still want to do yeah definitely <laughs> so that's that's it that's all i got and kev you're right. done right yeah that's, that's pretty much all i had right. okay so go ahead jay what did we all give right, yeah, you yeah i got the uh <laughs> sorry go ahead what did we give you i forgot i have the uh mysterious booms and the uh worldwide hum oh okay so we're covering the gamut of a uh, sound. <laughs> gotcha. But but basically, uh, the booms. The more research I've done, especially is there's been a lot lately, especially in that area too. Uh, around Philly, there's been a lot of reports. But in the East Coast, in general, over like the last 30, 40 years, there's been a lot of reports of the mysterious booms. I haven't heard any myself, but have I don't know if you might. No, um, I. You know, I, I, I've seen some odd sound reports on the news. Uh, like at one time there was a refinery close to here that had a fan that was malfunctioning and people were kind of wondering what was going on. Also, there was a, uh, 
Uh, south of Philly in Delaware County, there was a story about people hearing mysterious music, and it turned out to be like three migrant workers would just grab a 12-pack of beer and go to a park over on the Jersey side and put out their speakers in the back of the van and just play this. They were playing show tunes. I don't know why. <laughs> so, it, you know, it, I've heard stuff like that, but I, I really I haven't heard any booms. Fun. Yeah, could you, you imagine? imagine two o'clock in the morning? You hear yeah. Green Acres wafting across your yard. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it was all kinds of show tunes, and they were. It was mostly it was Sinatra and show tunes. That's that's what they were playing out of the back of their van. So the, that would creep me the, out. Yeah, the cops looked for weeks. They were collecting reports, and then finally went over and staked it out one night. And they pull up, and these poor guys are drinking a twelve pack and listening to Sinatra. <laughs> you got to wonder how much of it is idiots with Tannerite too. So that too, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's all around here. I know most of the booms are either a Tannerite or b Fort Knox. So right, right. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what did you? What were you able to pull up? Well. I mean, there's lots of uh, speculation, but nobody's been able to pinpoint, like, where the booms are coming from. And that's the same for the hum, too. I, I Actually, let me start with the hum, because there's really not much to talk about. Okay. Uh, as far as the hum goes, it's it's about 2 to 4% of people that can actually hear it. And they're reporting, like, a, a low-frequency humming noise that's supposedly driving them nuts. Right. And it, it's it's not tinnitus, but I think it could be a form of tinnitus. Bingo. Uh, but basically, they're describing it as sounding like uh, like a lot of uh, a lot of trucks that are idling around them, but they can't. These people go out and they look for the sources. You know, they have family living with them that you know they're asking you know if, if they're hearing it, and it's it's been denied. So it's it's only a small percentage of people that actually hear it. And nobody can figure out where it's coming from, and it's been attributed to to basically underground tunneling. Right. Um, right. From that, the whole gamut of a uh, you know conspiracy theories up to just fish, literally fish mating, making this crazy noise. <laughs> fish wow. genitalia with scales on it. <laughs> and they're just slapping fish, slapping together, and. <laughs> fish clapping cheeks and that explains yeah, I mean, it's, the it's, boom. it's pretty bizarre nobody can figure out you know what what the hum actually is but uh it's it's been reported all over the place uh, now when they report it, as, they they don't re- they don't report it coming from a direction right i mean they're they're basically saying it's omnidirectional is that kind of like yeah exactly got, okay, exactly they, okay is like if if you heard a gunshot you would be able to tell like what direction it came from and like you said it's it's an omnidirectional thing. Like they can't, they can't figure out where, where it's coming from. Yeah. I, a lot I, of people, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, buddy. Yep. Keep going. Uh, it's just that some people report it. They can't figure out if it's coming from the ground or the sky, but not, uh, any way direction laterally. Right. If that makes any sense. Right. So basically, yeah, omnidirectional. Yeah. I'm, I don't, I don't know where Kev's going to go with this, but I'm kind of feeling that, you know, this is really lending itself to being maybe just a, a low-end form of tinnitus. That's, that's exactly what I think. I think it gained popularity with, you know, paranormal stuff. Is back in uh, Unsolved Mysteries did an episode on it way back when. 
Right. And it it really got some footing because other people, you know, that had this, that had heard this sound or were hearing this sound, you know, started talking about it because they felt like they were crazy. And so it, basically it, just the website that's dedicated to it is just one dude, right? I mean, he's literally a guy who, um, it's just one guy collecting, um, reports from all over the globe. Yeah. They, yeah, that's the thing. That's, uh, it's, it's one guy, but he is a, a doctor in BC or something. Yeah. 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 I think, and also there's another a geophysicist that, uh, he's also an experiencer. And he's doing a lot of work, but really they've, they've gained no headway. I mean, they're trying, God bless them, but. Yeah. And here was the weird thing too. I looked into their research a little bit um, and they built a steel box to get into um, to see if, you know, they could dis you know, like if they get in a steel box and they still, they still hear it, then it's, you know, I don't know where they were going with this experiment, but I guess what they were saying is, if we get into the steel box and we don't hear it anymore, it's real. But they got into the steel box and they still hear it. That to me means yeah. that it's got to be something physical. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I actually seen pictures of this box. I don't know if you actually seen yeah, any of the photos I saw him, of it. Yeah, I saw him. But I mean, it, it just around. looked like somebody. Uh, it looked like a lock or somebody knocked over. Yeah, that was the other thing. It didn't look like the greatest steel box in the world. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this could be one guy just promoting a lot of stuff and, and just getting headway with people who want to believe it. Yeah. You know, not think, accusing uh, the guy of anything. I'm sure he's legitimately hearing what he's hearing, but you know, there's a lot of people jumping on board. Yeah. And I, th I think honestly, uh, I, I agree with you. I think it could be some form of tinnitus. Yeah. What do you think? Kev? I think it's a lot of different things. Honestly. Um, I'd be interested to know all these people that hear this on what the age range is because, you know, it's pretty well known that um, younger people can hear into the ultrasonic range. And they even used that as a crowd dispersal method several years ago because, you know, older people, you know, they get out of their 20s, their late 20s, they can't hear it anymore, most of them. But it's annoying to younger people. I remember back in high school, dating myself back in the late 80s, you know, the old Apple computers and stuff, the old monitors they had, I could hear when somebody left one on from across the building. I knew it was on, and I would a lot of times go out, go down to the computer room and turn them off because they annoyed me. I, so, yeah, I think that's uh, that's 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 fair to say for me too. I think um, I used to be able to hear a lot more than I I do now. Where where Kev's going with it, G is it would be interesting to plot out the ages. Um, and see if there's the people that are hearing it or, you know, extremely young because uh, the crowd dispersal, um, you know, weapons that he did some research on seemed to work better on people who were younger because they they could hear in that higher frequency. That, was there any? Looking, well, I, I did see in my research that uh, it's like 55% of the experiences are male. Okay. And forty-five female, and they're usually between the ages of forty and fifty-five. Huh. Now see that kind of rolls out. Strange. Yeah, that's interesting. And, though, that it's forty to fifty-five, and it's male and female, and it's pretty yeah, much a so half. Yep, that's, it's half and half. So it's, it's a not weird one subset. Or the other. Yeah, 
It's a weird. Yeah. And that, that was a, that was pretty strange to me. That stuck out as slightly weird, but, uh, and then uh, some people have grown out of the sound. Like they've either, it, they've just stopped hearing it or that hits. Uh, Kev said on it's the, not as on bad as it was. Yeah. That's, that's exactly that hits what Kev was talking about. That makes me wonder if like some of these people just can't hear into the slightly lower ranges than some people. Right. And they can, they can hear it while other people can't. Eventually their hearing deteriorates and they can't hear it anymore. But you know, like the most famous one's the Taos home. And then there was another one. I can't remember where it was at. They finally traced it back to a, I think it was a, a ventilation fan. It was in Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. And, but and then you've got the booms and some of that could be fracking. It could be underground tunneling. Like you see, like my, my friend's mother owned property on top of an old mine and was still active. You know, they could feel things in their vibration. It could be part of it could be that it could be natural tectonic activity. Like we right. talked earlier about the urban environment, you know, construction and like the, the bridge sound and like who knows what kind of infrasound and ultrasonic sounds are being generated according to atmospheric pressure and construction and, and just the feng shui of the entire setup, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, that tied, so I, that tied it, back to my research too. Um, on, on the infrasound with the, you know, with the stop pause and work, um, they were talking about the earth's crust actually doesn't uh, hum as much as it, it, as it usually does. Now that hum is way below human detection, but the, the earth's, the earth's crust does hum from all that type of stuff, transportation, cars, driving around, that kind of thing. So well, let's say that with the solar, it's been so quiet that they uh can now detect blips in the earth's magnetic field that normally would be even drowned out, you know, by the the solar wind. So, wow. Yeah. There's a lot of that going on right now. Yeah. I, you know, here's the other part of this equation, right? How good are people, not so much with the hum, right? But are you going to go into the bangs? Do you have more on the bangs? Uh, yeah, I got a lot more on the okay. bangs. Yeah, let's go into that then. Um, yeah, let's go into the bangs. So what do you got on the bangs? Well, also, nobody knows what they are. <laughs> right. So, but you're having a lot more people hearing them. Uh, you know, it's not 4% of the population, and it. It's a, it correlates geographically, so you'll have a lot more people in certain areas hearing it, and that could be attributed to mass hysteria too. But um, I don't think so. I think these people actually are hearing something. These uh, booms. I personally believe that it's probably aircraft, like ultrasonic aircraft, and especially since a lot of these reports are, you know, coming from the coast, right? Uh, right off of the coast especially, you know, United States on both West and East coast, you have a lot of, um, military training areas, warning areas, and, uh, basically military op areas. So that's where you have aircraft constantly flying tests out there, uh, testing the limits of what they can do as far as, you know, their capabilities. And I think that they're probably breaking the sound barrier a lot. And I think that's, a big culprit for these booms, but I can't be 100% sure. That's just my, my theory right now. But uh, a lot of what I've looked into <clears throat> has to do with the, 
basically just sound bouncing off the atmosphere. Okay. Uh, a big a big one is called a uh, atmospheric ducting, and what you have is two uh two layers of pressure that create almost a cone, and basically you could have a a storm offshore hundreds of miles and it's the sound is going through this cone back uh, to inland and it's being muffled and it's all coming out once like almost like a horn oh, so okay. it's it's basically like a the way it sounds amplified but also muddled at the same time that's a that's the big scientific theory right now and what they think that the booms are uh, in a lot of these areas, especially uh, on the West Coast, are uh, super okay. bolts, which is like uh, lightning that's like a thousand times more powerful than normal lightning, oh, if that okay. makes any sense. Okay. Yeah. And it happens specifically in the winter. So uh, the sound is that much louder as well, and that makes its way back uh, – you know, to land from like atmospheric refraction, and that's I think that's a big candidate for uh you know what's causing these booms. So you're leaning towards it being all natural. I'm yeah I'm leaning towards it being a combination of both you know natural causes and you know military aircraft. Yeah, natural wasn't a good word. Um, you're leaning towards it being you know either man-made or natural. Yeah, correct. Okay. Yeah. And you know what, too? There's a part of me that wonders um, how good is the average person at sticking, you know, being outside, hearing a boom, and be able, being able to identify, like Kev said, if it's Tannerite, you know, if it's somebody dropping a load of steel six blocks over, or if it's actually a sonic boom. You know, ground pile driving, dynamite, tannerite, gunshots, fireworks. I mean, how many people can actually distinguish between these? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people are hearing stuff. It's happening. You know, it's like you guys said, it's probably more along the lines of man-made or natural. So let me ask well, you guys a question. How about the trumpets? <laughs> that's a whole I mean, difference. I didn't... <laughs> Yeah, I've been talking. No, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ahead, I, that's a uh, that's been a big thing for me. I've I looked into that. I didn't know we were going to be talking about it, but uh, no, I, man, that yeah. that's fascinated me since I seen the first, I think YouTube video. I think it was in like Ukraine or Russia. Or so I it was in Kiev. The right. Kiev sounds is what they were calling it first. Right, right. And uh, man, that's pretty spooky. If that's if that video was wasn't faked, then if if I heard that, I'd. I would be pretty shook. Yeah. Now I have to say when I lived in Bethlehem, um, we lived right over the mountain from uh, where they did most of the hooking up and unhooking of trains, um, you know, to move stuff for Bethlehem steel, because there still was a little bit of a, a production area there for Bethlehem steel. So there were days when you heard that and it definitely did sound like trumpets. I think they're weird as yeah. the boom. I think one one of the last things about the booms I'll I'll end with this. 
Um, when I lived over in Kentucky and all that other weird stuff was going on, Campbellsville had a spate of them for a while, and they never did, as far as I know, track down what caused them. Right. And they were accompanied sometimes by shaking. Um, there was one woman in town who just boom happened, and it shook her house so bad it, it knocked some stuff off the walls. And she thought a car had probably hit the front wall of her house. Wow. And I don't think they ever did figure out what caused Huh. But um, then the, the trumpet thing, there's been a couple of recent similar things. Um, I, did you see the video of the guy who was recording the screams coming from the sky during yes. the thunderstorm? Yes. And it turned out to be what, like a steam vent releasing pressure from a nearby industrial that, facility? That was the one in Texas A&M, yeah. That was a steam yeah. vent in Texas A&M. And if you'd listened to that, you would have swore that was a woman screaming from the sky, but it turns out it's a steam vent. Right. And, then and then the last few days, the Chinese mountain story where they heard like dragons roaring and tigers roaring from the right. mountain and all. Right. It turned out to be yellow birds in mating season called button quails. So that, that just goes back to what you're saying about how good is the average person. Concerned. Right. Exactly. And there was another, there was another thing that went on too, Kev. And I know you probably got to go. So we probably got to wrap up, but there, there was another thing that went on with that too. Joe Rogan had another comedian on and they had some kind of Mongolian war whistle. Um, there's an Aztec death whistle. That's it. Aztec death whistle. Right. He had, he had him on and he was playing and it sounded exactly like one of the other videos. So what people are thinking now is, is, it's probably a recording of that and it's on a drone. Somebody with a really too much time on her hands and a great imagination. <laughs> Somebody who spent too much time in quarantine I mean, in order to Aztec death whistle. And, and, and the best, and the best uh, drone they could buy. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. That's too funny. There's apparently a, a 3d printer version of file for that death whistle. So they could have just printed their own, honestly. Oh, there you go. Really? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, got, you know what? That's a great, you know, what? we got to start doing some of that. Some of those type of experiments, just blowing one of those and seeing if, you know, people in the, you look on the local Facebook page and see if people uh, are like, Hey, did anybody hear that last night? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Little sociological experiments. So <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, this went really well today. I appreciate it, man. I really do. Um, I know you guys probably got to get rolling. Uh, we did an hour and a half. Perfect. All right, cool, cool. Okay, we got Maddie, and Maddie's going to talk to us a little bit today about the ghost frequency. Hey, Maddie. Hey. So um, I've got an article that really helped me understand, and it's by Jennifer Owlette, and she put it under the science of sound. And uh, it's talking about what's known as a fear frequency or ghost frequency. Um, and she says that, there are many possible explanations for hauntings, not least that humans are highly suggestible creatures, especially when we want to believe that some ghost sightings might actually be the result of sound, sound waves that vibrate just below our range of hearing, um, known as the fear frequency. Right. She said, sound is basically mechanical energy in the form of a pressure wave with crests and troughs. Um, Vibrations create a disturbance in the surrounding air and ripple outward, like tossing a pebble in a pond. Okay. Frequency measures how many crests occur within one second in a wave. 
So the unit of measurement is called a hertz, and one hertz is equivalent to one vibration per sound. So a plucked guitar string might vibrate 500 times per second, and that causes surrounding air particles to vibrate at the same frequency. So the sound wave's frequency would be 500 hertz. So that's just going to give you an idea. Right. the typical range for human hearing runs from 20 hertz to 20,000 hertz. Um, and although this varies from person to person and often shrinks as we age, under ideal lab conditions, some people can pick up sounds as low as 12 hertz well into the infrasound range. Right. Um, but even we don't consciously hear such sounds, they may induce feelings of anxiety, especially if you're doing it at a higher intensity. Um, and this has led some people to um, just call it the fear frequency, like I said earlier. Yeah, because um, it trips but, off it trips off your senses a little bit. Um, I I yeah. know a little bit about this. I watched a uh, uh, not to steal your thunder, but I watched a documentary um, from the London Underground about this, and I know that below twenty hertz uh, can make people. It's it can make you more suggestible, as she said. But you know, one thing she needs to remember when she's she's talking about that is the reason we're so highly suggestible is because we weren't always predators. We were sometimes mm-hmm. prey. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you know, Neanderthals preyed on us. So you know, mm-hmm. and so did other other creatures. So mm-hmm. you know, that's why we have these these senses that make us suggestible. It's you know, we kind of lean towards the mm-hmm. we were deer at one time. You know, so. And that's part of why I picked this article because she is very opinionated on the topic. And I figured that we could get a really good discussion going on it just from different perspectives and our personal experiences. Um, Because whenever I read it, I was like, man, she's, she's got a strong opinion and, but she has (laughs) good science to back it up. And I, I do appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, I mean, I the the thing that I saw on the London Underground, the guy said that there was a, a frequency below twenty, which I guess would be around this. What is the ghost frequency? They're saying it's what eighteen point nine or something along those. Is that what it is? Yeah, I think it's eighteen point yeah. nine. Yeah, I mean, he had yeah. said that you may, it, you may even actually see shadow people um, at that frequency. Mm-hmm. And know? that whenever we get into the story, that's how he started to discover it. Um, and so it was that he saw a shadow out of the corner of his eye, but whenever he turned to look at it dead on, he couldn't see it anymore. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So th- that's actually what your article is about. It's about that gentleman. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So um, he, he was a British engineer and his name was Vic Tandy. Um, and he associated, um, the fear frequency with ghostly visitations. Um, He was a, as she quotes, real life ghostbuster. uh, (laughs) Thanks to his own personal experience with a suspected ghost while working late one night at the supposedly haunted Warwick laboratory. He inexplicably felt hairs on his neck prickle as in fear. And uh, he caught the barest glimpse of a gray blob like figure out of the corner of his eye. It, vanished whenever he turned his head to look at it directly. Um, being a sensible sort, he cast about for a logical explanation, and he found one in the phenomenon of resonant frequency. Every material object has a natural resonant frequency right. at which it vibrates. Right. Uh, that's like what we discussed earlier. 
While working on fencing foil the next day in the lab, Tandy noticed that the blade began vibrating even though nothing was touching it. It turned out that the lab's extractor fan was emitting a resonant frequency of around 18.98 hertz. Ah. Uh, so roughly the same resonant frequency as the human eye. And uh, he concluded that it was an optical illusion. He felt like he had a huge weight lifted whenever he switched it off. Oh. Um, so... So he could just kept taking readings and then relating it back to his personal experiences. And he found out that at 18.9, he saw shadow figures. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. Infrasound, you know, is widely used. And like I said, we're going to get into it a little bit more in uh, the second half of the show. Um, elephants use it. Um, blue whales use it. Uh, dolphins use it. Um, people think gorillas use it, but I can't find any evidence to suggest that they do. Um, you'll see Bigfoot people talk about gorillas using infrasound, and I can't find any science behind it. But, uh, you know, tigers use it to freeze their prey, you know, and it's it's definitely, it, it definitely goes back to what we talk about all the time, about us not having, you know, the, the greatest sensory package in the world. You know, mm-hmm. but that that's what a lot of that stuff goes back to, too, is it's the fact that we were at one time prey. So we have these senses and, you know, maybe if you hear a rumble, you know, we don't hear audibly a rumbling off in the distance, but, you know, maybe our body senses it in other ways and, you know, kind of puts us on edge and alert. I know it happens a lot of times with uh, electromagnetic fields and we can't see those. You know, because mm-hmm. we go out and we'll do EMF readings and, you know, you'll just get to a spot and it'll be off the charts. You know, it'll read like a seven or an eight from a zero and people, you know, get hair standing up on the back of their necks and that kind of stuff. So it makes sense. Now, does it make sense to explain away all ghostly activity? No, you know, but. No, I don't it, agree with that conclusion. Exactly, exactly. So. Right. I mean, that's taking a leap. Right. Well, this yeah. obviously explains all the ghostly activity. No, it doesn't. <laughs> that's that's a massive leap. That's that's jumping from a building. Yeah, um, yeah. that one exactly. Yeah. So, like I said, pretty opinionated, and and that was kind of why I liked it because it was it was a good debate, right? And uh, yeah. uh, I don't think it so. it doesn't adequately explain uh, it no. all ghostly activity away from me, but you know, hey, she tried. It is yes. what it is. So there it is, our first round table. I think it went really well, which we'll work out the kinks and we'll get everybody scheduled and on at the same time and everybody can hear everybody. But I think we covered the gamut of sound today. I don't think there's anything left. <laughs> We've got sound, we got hums, we got bangs, we have uh, strange music coming from the sky. We've, we've covered it all. We've got infrasound uh, and especially how it relates to the paranormal, which is you know, what we're doing here on the show. So uh, it was a great job by everybody. Got any comments? No. (laughs) (laughs) No? You're done for the day? I'm good. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll be back uh, next week with uh, some more stuff, and hope you guys enjoy it, and have a wonderful day.
Comfort of my mother 